fully retire doesn't mean what it used to either, because you can be retired from a career and continue to work. Um, that's part of this change that's happening in our thinking and our approach to retirement. But yeah, taking some time and the beauty of leaving your career and moving into this next stage is that you can give yourself the time and the permission to start thinking about some of these things that you may not have given a lot of thought to before. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Contributing to the common good in even the smallest of ways is one of the scientifically proven ways we can age with vitality and deep contentment. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. My goal is to share optimism about aging and introduce you to guests who will excite and inspire you to share your own gifts and talents with the world. To find out more about this podcast, my web courses, and my brand new book, Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer, hop on over to ZestfulAging.com. And while you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tidbits and occasional bloopers. <laughs> Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at JudyBanker.com. Ever wonder what the host of Zestful Aging does when she's not podcasting? Creating one-of-a-kind earrings, of course. I've just opened an Etsy shop called Zestful Design, no S, and it showcases my fun, comfortable, and zesty polymer earrings. These earrings are fun to make and fun to wear. So check out my new shop, Zestful Design, on Etsy. We have a wonderful interview for you today. There's really no right time or right way to retire, but we can probably agree that the more thought we put into our retirement, the more successful it will be. But how to approach it in the most useful way? What questions should we ask ourselves to prepare for this major adjustment? My guest today has developed a thorough and thoughtful approach that will help you create a future that is perfectly suited to you. Ida Abbott is a successful attorney whose current practice focuses on mentoring, sponsorship, and retirement. The Wall Street Journal selected her most recent book, Retirement by Design, as one of the six best books of 2020 on retirement and aging. The new and innovative self-coaching approach of Retirement by Design helps you spearhead and navigate a major next step in life. Welcome to the show, Ida. Oh, thanks so much for inviting me, Nicole. I'm really happy to be with you today. Oh, good. I know we're going to have a great conversation. And, um, you know, I wanted to talk to you about this workbook that you've created. And off mic, I was... I was talking about how incredibly comprehensive it is and how I think that it should be given to people 
you know, even be, maybe before they start their careers, because it asks very deep questions about who we are as individuals and, and, and what we're about, what we value and how we want our lives to look like. Can you talk a little bit about how you created this uh, unique kind of workbook? Sure. Um, but first, I, lest you scare off people by talking about how comprehensive <laughs> it is and how deep, um, I will tell you that, and I make it clear at the beginning, it's a workbook that's intended to be used for as long as you need, and you don't have to start at the beginning and work through. Mm. Uh, you kind of jump in at the area that uh, is important to you at any particular time, because some people will start uh, working with it early in their retirement process or uh, even after they retire. And as uh, kind of going along with your suggestion that we, you know, that everybody get a copy before they start. <laughs> right. Um, I'm hearing from a lot of people in their 40s and even in their 30s who are starting to think about not not retirement the way we know it or the way we think about it today, but as a, as a series of transitions they may go through in their lives. So they may work for a while and then retire, have sort of a brief retirement for a period of time to do other things and then come back to work. Um, so there's a, a really a revolution going on in terms of how we look at work in the course of our lives. I saw that you also talked about a gap year. Oh, you mean for people in retirement or yeah. thinking about retirement? It's a mm -hmm. great idea to the you know anybody who can. Uh, we used to call those, and a lot of people still call them sabbaticals. Mm -hmm. And you take a period of time off and try out something that you think you might want to do when you fully retire. And fully retire doesn't mean what it used to either, because you can be retired from a career and continue to work. Mm -hmm. um, that's part of this change that's happening in our thinking and our approach to retirement. Um, but yeah, taking some time and the beauty of leaving your career and moving into this next stage is that you can give yourself the time and the permission to start thinking about some of these things that you may not have given a lot of thought to before. Maybe now would be a good time to to um, ask you to talk a little bit or give some examples in the book. Um, there's so many great questions, but can you give our audience just an example of some of the questions that uh, you ask us to reflect on? Well, it, depending on, on you know where you start, if you're talking about values, there's, uh, you probably know who David Brooks is. He's a writer and a columnist and a commentator. And mm -hmm. he writes about the difference between resume values and eulogy values, or you know, virtues, he calls them. But basically, resume virtues are the things you do because you, they're needed to advance in your career. Mm -hmm. And so it's the people you meet, the schools you go to, the firms you join. Um, and you do those things in part because you want to, but also because you think you should or you're advised to do them. And eulogy virtues 
are the things you want to be remembered for, the things that really are meaningful to you and where you want to make an impact in the world, um, mm. the things you hope people will say about you in, <laughs> you know, uh, in, in, a, in a eulogy. And uh, so that goes to the more important questions about what's really important to you. And, you know, the other thing is that work takes so much of our time throughout our lives. And once you reach the point where you can say, okay, I'm going to give that part of my life up, at least in its current form, you can then start to rebalance uh, the work-life equation uh, that you've been living. And you can, I mean, a lot of people want to continue working when they retire either in the same field, a different field for money, as a volunteer, they may start new businesses, but you can do it on your own terms in terms of what you want to do, what you really want to do, mm -hmm. not just what you think you should do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a time of rebalancing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I loved about your book is that you ask such good questions and uh, we chatted a little bit about how you um, developed as somebody who was really good at crafting questions. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. Well, I, I was a trial lawyer for 20 years before I opened my consulting practice. So when you take depositions, when you interview a witness, when you interview a client, uh, sometimes you have to know the difference between an a question that's investigatory or exploratory. It's open-ended. It's what you want to learn. Mm -hmm. it's, it's You're looking for information. Um, in some circumstances, you want to ask questions that are persuasive. They have to be more carefully crafted to basically manipulate or persuade or lead someone uh, to the kind of answer you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been very aware of how you ask questions, how you interview someone, <clears throat> um, the need to understand that uh, most of the time we ought to be searching for information rather than assuming we have the answer. Uh, that's, you know, as a trial lawyer, you don't put a witness on the stand, they tell you, uh, you know, until you know what the, what the answer is that you expect them to give. I see. You don't, you have to be careful about how you ask that question. That's why you'll hear sometimes an objection about, you know, that question is leading the witness. Sometimes that's your intent. Uh, and there are rules about when you can use it and not. When you're looking at designing your life, uh, you, I realize, you know, you come at this not as an expert where you know the outcome uh -huh. and you want to get other people to see the outcome the way you want. You're really starting as an explorer. Um, it has to awaken your, you have to bring your sense of curiosity. And for many very successful professionals, and my work now is not limited to lawyers at all. It's really for people who have had successful careers and don't know, you know, or they, they, um, either don't know how to leave that behind or what the possibilities are for the future. And so they don't know what they would be retiring into, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but, but recognizing that 
the sense of curiosity you had as a child, mm -hmm. uh, where everything was wondrous and beginner's uh, heard, mind is exactly another, is that right exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and I heard something yesterday. I read an article about work and how we uh, find purpose in work. And somebody talked about if I can think uh, the passion of the explorer. Mm -hmm. Um, and the idea of being an explorer in new possibilities, new worlds, uh, things you may not have thought about before or may not have thought you could get into before. Now's the time when you can. And so coming at it with the mind of, uh, you know, of, the, of an explorer, of, of a beginner, um, having that kind of curiosity is, is so vital to planning for the future. And I think it's a, it's an easy thing to lose. I know that as a psychotherapist, there have been times when I say to myself, well, let me just ask this follow-up question sort of, you know, for good form or something. And the answer is completely different than I assumed. And I've been doing this for 30 years. You know, I think you get complacent and you feel like, okay, I, I kind of know what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, um well you worry not, yeah, yeah you worry that a client isn't going to have confidence in you unless mm. you sound knowledgeable and authoritative mm -hmm. and that's very different because now you're the client right i mean you're the one who's who's looking to other people for answers looking to yourself looking to your to your friends to people you don't even know um so it's really bringing it's sort of exercising muscles you may have have let wither uh, right. you know because the curiosity you had before while you're working is how to make yourself smarter <laughs> you know, how to, and the humility right? too maybe yes. there's not as much humility that's right that's exactly right you have to bring that up along with the curiosity as part of it it's, it's acknowledging that you don't have all the answers and being comfortable with that. Is that, is that one of the challenges that um, you've heard as feedback that this is really difficult for someone who's been successful and um, professional and knows a lot about what they're doing? Is that sometimes an obstacle for people in, in using this kind of exploratory uh, tool? Some people, because they have not been particularly self-aware or they haven't really mm. thought about it too much. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've I've seen some people who are, they can't wait. They're so excited because they have so many interests. And for them, part of the challenge may be time management, you know, setting priorities so that they're not busier in retirement and, mm -hmm. and under more pressure and stress than they were before. Um, but for a lot of people, if they don't, if they haven't really thought about uh, or surface, brought to the surface, the interests that they uh, would like to pursue. Um, sometimes it's something old. Um, I just did a, I mean, a webinar this morning and asked the audience about what they were thinking about doing in uh, in retirement, and there were wonderful uh, answers from you know getting becoming a master gardener to writing memoirs to. Uh, landscape painting to starting a, a tech business. Wow. Um, right. I mean, it was all over. I've talked to people recently who are, one woman is studying, she was a general counsel at a couple of very high powered tech firms. 
and she's studying to be a voiceover artist. How interesting. Um, and someone else who's learning how to fly planes. Uh, oh my gosh, so, I mean, I once, you, once you start asking around, there are wonderful examples. Today's episode is sponsored by Kindra. Kindra is a self-care company that makes estrogen-free essentials designed by women for women to support people who experience the hormonal changes of menopause. Their line of menopause essentials includes a daily vaginal lotion that dramatically relieves vaginal dryness and three daily supplements all thoughtfully designed to target and relieve the symptoms of menopause, including hot flashes, brain fog, mood swings, and more. Each of these products is backed with years of research and development to identify the most potent and effective formulations. Visit our Kindra, O-U-R-K-I-N-D-R-A dot com using code ZESTFUL20 for 20% off your first purchase. And I'd love to hear how it works for you. Mm-hmm. Is that is that how your development looked as well? Is that when you were a trial lawyer, was there a point at which you said, you know, I think I want to move into something different? Sure. That's why I did. <laughs> and what were the clues? I'm always fascinated in like people say, oh, I knew it was time to move on. But I'm really interested in how precisely you knew when it was time to make a, a change? It was becoming less and less fun. Um, I did it for 20 years. It's a lot of stress. It's very exciting. I mean, I loved it, but the nature of the practice was changing. The nature of legal work was changing. I didn't especially care for the direction I saw things heading in. Um, at the same time, I had be- become much more involved for several years uh, in my firm in uh, professional development. Uh, there's not, you know, an internship or a transitional learning period for most young lawyers. Uh, basically, you learn on the job. And at that time, nobody was doing any, uh, or very few firms, my firm was, which is why it became um, something important in my career. But uh, I was running a training programs for young lawyers and all uh, a mentoring program. And we were supervising their work assignments differently and that sort of thing. And I realized there was a huge need out there, but there was no demand because nobody knew that they should be doing it or that they could be doing it or how to do it. I Um, see. So it wasn't a traditional part of starting a job as a young attorney. No, I wanted to. I wanted to try something on my own while I still had the energy to do it. I had, <laughs> you know, teenage young kids, uh, early teenage years, and um, a busy husband, and I wanted to to try something that was different. And I realized, in retrospect, um, that I was feeling pretty entrepreneurial in those days. We didn't call it that. Um, most people called it crazy uh, <laughs> because I didn't go into this with a plan of what it could be. People said, what do you do? And I would say, what do you need? Uh, So I started Mm -hmm. that questioning process very early because there were a lot of things I was interested in, but I didn't know what would stick or what would be most needed for them and meaningful for me. Um, So 
uh, I would not advise anybody to do that today unless you have uh, you know a source of income and a lot of time because it's it's hard to start with nothing today I would be much more thoughtful and strategic about doing my research while I was still working mm-hmm. um, but so you know I took, a bit I took radical it sounds like you were doing something that surprised people and was is kind of you went rogue there after you discovered mentorship yeah, well in a way uh, I've done the same thing again now uh, because well I say the work that I'm doing is not just with lawyers most of my client base uh, is lawyers and law firms and uh, legal organizations so uh, for them nobody was focusing on retirement and mm-hmm. uh, and since I've been involved in developing lawyers careers for 25 years this became a natural outgrowth of my work my clients were asking me questions about what's next mm-hmm. and some of them some of the firms had large numbers of partners who were uh, getting older and nobody knew how to talk to them about what their future plans were and how long did they plan to stay at the firm there used to be mandatory retirement ages most for most firms don't have that anymore or they have modified them so that you can at least continue to work you don't have to actually leave and uh, just with a change in status so um, you know, both both my fir- institutional clients, the firm clients, and the individuals were all talking about this, and I realized there was nobody really addressing it, but there was a vast amount of work being done in the rest of the world, you know, the outside world, outside of law. Uh, I see. And so uh, this is another sort of entrepreneurial step. I see. Is that it, who you've been as a as a very young person? If we trace it back, were you the kind of person who did something um, that was off the mainstream and, and, and was creative in that way? Is that who you are? Is that your character? I don't think so. I don't think so. Hmm. You know, I mean, I had a, it was pretty conventional up until that point, but uh, it could be you know, I live in uh, in the Bay Area, and so this is sort of the heartland of entrepreneurialism mm-hmm. and early on. Uh, so it was all around me. So maybe I mean, that's why I say it was only in retrospect because I never thought about it that way. Uh, I like being the boss. I like being in charge. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. you know telling people what to do. Uh, <laughs> so it, it became you know I like doing it, it was my a good way. Fit. It was yeah. a good fit, right? I, I love being self-employed, and I just can't imagine any any other way, frankly. But it takes you know, it's a lot of there's a lot of risk involved that I didn't mm-hmm. recognize either. Um, you know, walking into this kind of naively, uh, it, it's only when you when you take a look back and you take a look at what's going on around you, you realize things, and um, you know so it's it's like i say nothing i was particularly strategic about but i advise people today to be strategic because it's a different world today people don't have the luxury of time the way we did speaking of time i i saw that you recommend in a in an ideal world to start this process around 5 years before you plan to retire 
Oh, I think you could start this process at any point. Like I say, young people are starting it now mm -hmm. uh, because they're thinking, first of all, with an increased longevity. Yeah. If you're going to live to be 90, into your 90s or even older, um, then how are you going to retire after a 30 or 40 year career and support yourself for another 30? Right. And you'll be healthy, most likely. Right. And don't you don't want to just be hanging out and playing shuffleboard. You're, exactly. You would just, yep, I can totally see that. So people are rethinking careers, rethinking work, life, all of these things. And, um, you know, it's. I think it's more dramatic because COVID has, give, has sort of required people to take time mm -hmm. and force you to, you may not want to think about these things, but I'm, I've never met anybody or talked to anybody who hasn't given some thought to it over the last year and a half, mm -hmm. a couple of years. So, um, you know, some people are just plodding along, they're doing it, they're fine, and other people are making big changes. Mm, so why we're mm -hmm. seeing the big quit. It's one of the reasons yes. so many people are so quitting. That's so interesting. Is this something that you're finding is an international phenomenon, or do you see this mostly in the U.S.? Well, the program I did today and a program I did for the International Bar Association uh, just last week, I think, um, both were had very significant attendance and a good good portion of the people uh, who attended were outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of this has to do with work with cultures and how what 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 value age is given um, in the United States, it, you know, we still have a youth worshiping culture mm -hmm. and Old, you know, ageism is a tremendous problem. Mm -hmm. uh, we see that starting at, you know, in people's 50s. In the tech world, it starts in 40s, where people are seeing as, as too old for whatever. Um, and so, uh, you know, the attitudes toward age, feelings toward age are very different in uh, many Western cultures, but especially in the U.S., compared to Asian cultures, for example, where elders are still highly regarded and highly respected and seen as con contributing their wisdom and, and other efforts. Uh, so, uh, I, but I think in terms of organizations, in terms of uh, taking a look at how people live their lives and how work and life fit together, I think that is probably happening um, in developed countries worldwide. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. For 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 our audience who are listening and obviously don't have the handbook in front of them or the workbook in front of them, I'm wondering if you can start us off with a few questions just to kind of get the wheels turning that you think are particularly um, important or a good place to start. So some of the questions have to do with what do you think about your life so far? How mm -hmm. pleased are you with your life overall? What do you love mm -hmm. most about your life? Mm -hmm. In what areas are you most satisfied? In what areas are you most disappointed? Mm -hmm. What about your life would you like to change? What's missing from your life that you would like to add? What are your greatest accomplishments? 
would have and been. And this is this right. Is you like, want me to keep yeah, going? Yeah, this is this is not a fifteen-minute. You know, this is not a multiple-choice test, is it? No. And this here we is go. Here so are some, intense. Here are some of your attitudes about work. What what does work mean to you? How do you feel about it? What mm -hmm. why do you work? Aside from financial rewards, how have you benefited from work? Uh, For example, uh. does it give you personal fulfillment? Are you providing a valuable service to others or have you met interesting people? How important is work to your sense of who you are? What kind of work do you consider worthwhile? So, you know, and then oh, it goes wow. into, you know, to what extent so does getting paid uh, how important is is it? to work for money um, is, does work have its own value? It's like an intrinsic value. You know, intrinsic, it's interesting. Right. As you've been talking, I was thinking about a guest that I interviewed who you may be familiar with. His name is William Damon. He's a uh, psychologist at Stanford, and he talks about the life review. Um, and it's quite a, it's a, it, it's a systematic process. It's not just like, oh, I'm thinking about my life now, but it really reminds me of some of your questions. What's been good? You know, what would you change? What didn't you like? How's it gone? And you're really almost giving yourself a report card right? and, um, and then figuring out, analyzing, okay, and, and I you need data. Right, and you can see that this is hard. For some people, it's not, but for most people, it's hard to actually sit down and and think through those things. Mm -hmm. And so, one thing that's important to remember is that you don't have to share your answers with anybody. You don't. You're not turning this into someone else. This to is get for graded. you. Yes, it's just it's for you to understand and then to use in the way that is going to serve your interests and make things better for you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, even just the questions that you just asked, I mean, those are things that, you know, on your drive to work or walking the dog, you can think, you know, what were the highlights and what made that so pleasurable and satisfying and exactly. what can I take out of that? So it's almost like, you know, you're planting these seeds. It's not only having someone sit down and go through this like a, a midterm, um, but really just giving just, just grist for the mill. Let's really think hard and deeply about what's going to make the next chapter the most successful and, and satisfying. But there's one thing I want to point out, because it's not just about thinking about thinking about these issues and, and who you are. Um, it's got the whole process is based on an action orientation. Mm -hmm. The idea is to try stuff. What you're yes. doing is trying to understand yourself better so that you can then figure out uh, how to move forward in a way that's going to give you the things that will most satisfy you and allow you to minimize or get rid of the things you don't want to include. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's it's got a very practical solution. Yes, focus. no, and thank you for clarifying. And you talk about like prototyping and right. then testing. It's not just you're sitting around and meditating. You're getting out and trying some of these uh, these ideas. Well, that's the critical part mm -hmm. is the trying stuff. Even if you don't yep. go through a, you know a deep self analysis. Uh, you, you, it's not a matter of sitting down and putting a plan together and writing it out and making it elegant and perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, the only way you really do any learn anything is by getting out and doing it. 
Uh-huh. And so you need to try things. If you want to, you think you want to travel, uh, everybody talks, so, so many people talk about traveling. They also want to study or they may want to work and, and do some community service. There are programs where you can combine those. You can take a three-month course in Italy on art. Um, mm. You can um, go work for a, uh, even the Peace Corps has a senior Peace Corps. Yes, I saw that. That's that's wonderful. So no, there are so many there, opportunities. Yeah. And so the, the way you do this, especially now that you give yourself you know, I think I said this to you, I don't know if I said it to the audience, the time and the permission to go and just try things. And if they don't work, or you don't like them after all, or they take too much time or whatever, uh, you just stop or you go on to something else because you're not, it's not like you're climbing any ladders here. You're just moving along and trying to fill your days in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And very intentionally. Right. That's that's excellent. Ida, where can people find out more about you and your mentorship and your general work? And um, I'm sure the book will be part of that. Right. It's my my website is idaabbott.com. Okay. And it's A B B O T T. Right. And are you also on social? I'm on LinkedIn and on Twitter, but I don't use Twitter very much. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. And um, so people can go to your website and they can see the kind of consulting that you do and um, contact you through, through your website. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Well, it was an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Um, I love what you're doing, and I love how you've figured it out for yourself, you know, and even when it wasn't um, necessarily obvious, you you said, I don't really love this anymore. What else am I going to try? It takes a lot of courage to do that. Well, it, you know, it takes less courage the older you get. <laughs> Because <laughs> why not? You know, if you fail, you why fail. Not? You know, um, yeah. And uh, so it can be. I like to think of it just as another adventure. But um, you know, I haven't retired. You haven't retired. Uh, mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, the nice thing about uh, owning your own practice, your own business, being on your own, is is that as long as somebody's interested in what you're offering, you can continue to work. And, mm-hmm. um, and so there's, you know, no timeline there. There's no expiration date. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've heard that expression used. Well, best of luck. And I know that uh, sounds like you have no shortage of people who are in need of your services. Thank you so much for spending time today. Oh, well, thank you. I've really enjoyed it, too. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. 
If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And too much stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Up. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.